on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. What is happening, everybody? Greg Ehrenberg here from Stochastic.com. And we're about to break down UFC Fight Night. We have Holly Holm taking on Myra Bueno Silva in the main event. And a little bit of a letdown after UFC 290, which was one of the best cards that I've ever seen. It was awesome. Super fun card to watch. My results could have been a little bit better. Didn't totally get crushed, but definitely had some misses. Most notably, I feel like I owe an apology to Drekus Duplessis, who went out and just steamrolled Robert Whitaker, which... There are not very many outcomes in UFC where I'll watch the fights and be like, I'm totally stunned by that because, you know, it's high variance. Anything could happen in a lot of these fights. But this was one of those fights where I really did not see Robert Whitaker winning. I said a lot of negative things about Drekus Duplessis, and he made me look like an absolute idiot. So I was way off on that. Duplessis looked great. Looking forward to his title shot coming up against Israel Adesanya. But some other hits that I had for last week that, did help out some of my lineups. I was on Robbie Lawler. I was on Pantoja in the co-main event. So overall, ended up being slightly negative. Ended up losing about 10% of my entry fees on DraftKings. So not a total disaster, but obviously we prefer to win around here. So hopefully this week ends up being a profitable one. And let's get the data up on the screen here. So looking at some of the stats for the upcoming card and going to focus on some of the fights that I'm targeting for DraftKings. And then, of course, Also going to be doing some Rainmakers breakdowns because DraftKings Rainmakers is the sponsor of our show. So as you guys come in, if you could be so kind, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you want access to all of the stuff over at DraftKings for Rainmakers, you could sign up totally for free and get a PGA starters pack when you sign up below, which is going to include a stud golfer of your choosing. So somebody like Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, good way to get some cards in your collection ahead of the Open Championship next week which are going to have some big prize pools. And like I said, also, that pack is totally free. So click on the link below to go claim that free starters pack from Rainmakers. But let's go and talk about this weekend's card, Holly Holm against Mauro Buena Silva. One thing I'm going to note is that I record this after weigh-ins, so I always try to make sure that I have all the most updated information. But uh, uh, we have uh, Basil Hafez is taking on Jack Della Maddalena on short notice. We did it. Hafez miss weight by half a pound. He's attempting to weigh in again. I don't think this is going to have any significant consequences on this fight. I think it should be good to go. But just want to let you guys know that should anything crazy happen, that fight gets canceled. Uh, I am going to be under the assumption that the fight does play out. And our ownership projections right now do have this fight going on in the co-main event between Jack Della Maddalena and Basil Hafez. But let's start by talking about the main event between Holly Holm and Mara Bueno Silva, which is one that I do think is very important for us to target for DFS purposes. Holly Holm, Mara Bueno Silva, both of them expected to be fairly popular. We've got Holly Holm projected for around 40% ownership, and Mara Bueno Silva projected for right around 30% ownership. And 
it's kind of a tough fight to break down just from a standpoint of, I think Holly Holm is better pretty much everywhere. Buena Silva is definitely the better submission grappler, but if Holly Holm keeps this on the feet, then obviously that doesn't really become a concern, especially because Mara Buena Silva, if you look at the course of her career, she landed two takedowns against Lena Landsberg, and those are the only takedown she has ever landed in the UFC. So not only does she very seldomly land takedowns, she very seldomly even attempts takedowns. So that does make me think that like, all right, one of the main advantages that Buena Silva could potentially have in this fight, it's something that probably isn't going to come into play. And then the other thing too is, so Holly Holm, five years ago, we're picking Holly Holm, no doubts at all. She's probably something like a minus 800 favorite if this fight takes place a few years ago. But Holly Holm, born in 1981. She's 41 years old. She's going to be turning 42 in a couple months. Here's how I view this fight. If Holly Holm is not completely washed, she wins. She wins pretty convincingly also, and without really there being too much risk to her. But if Holly Holm starts to show her age, which is going to happen at some point, probably sooner rather than later, considering she's 41 years old, she could potentially end up getting hurt on the feet. Maybe this fight ends up on the mat in a scramble, or maybe she takes down Myra Buena Silva because we've seen Holly Holm go to her wrestling a little bit more in recent fights. And maybe in that kind of scenario, she ends up getting submitted, maybe an arm bar by Mara Buena Silva from guard because we've seen her do that multiple times over the course of her career. So I would like to just totally confidently come out and say like minus 170 on Holly Holm is a crazy line. She should win this fight easily, but a little bit of reservations just because of the age of Holly Holm. So I'm going to be heavier on the Holly Holm side. I'm going to be playing her as one of my most rostered fighters in DFS, but I'm going to carve out some exposure for Myra Buena Silva as well, just because I do have some concerns about Holly Holm. But if you're only playing one lineup, my lean here would be the Holly Holm side. Now, the other thing that I think we have to talk about with this card is the couple of payup options. We don't have the same abundance of massive favorites this week like we had last week, but there are two pretty significant favorites. One of them is Jack Della Maddalena, who's taking on Basil Hafez on short notice. The other one is going to be Azat Maxim, who's taking on Tyson Nam. And Tyson Nam, just like Holly Holm, is also super old, but obviously he's not nearly as accomplished as Holly Holm. So Maxim being an undefeated prospect who is about eight years younger than Tyson Nam, he is a prohibitive betting favor right around minus 400 in this spot, whereas Jack Della Maddalena is minus 580 at the time I'm recording. So this is going to be a decision point for a lot of people. Jack Dallas Madalena, $9,700. Maxim, $9,600. We should also add to the mix that Evan Elder is $9,400. And that, to me, is a great fight to target. But in terms of the safest targets here, I'm going to go with Jack Dallas Madalena over as that Maxim as a fighter I prefer to get exposure to on the high end if you're only choosing between these two. And there's a couple of reasons why. First off, Hafez taking this fight on only a few days' notice. I know it's technically a short-notice fight, for Jack Dallamadalena as well, but he was expected to fight last weekend, so I do think that he's going to be better prepared for this fight than Hafez. And also, if you look at some of Hafez's fight on the regional scene, he has had a tendency to gas at times, which is a massive issue when you consider, like I said, he's taking this fight on short notice. And then number two as well is that he missed weight by half a pound. As I'm recording this, he's trying to weigh in again. That's also something that could wear on the cardio of Basil Hafez. And Jack Della Maddalena, he gets guys out of there, and he generally does tend to get them out of there pretty early. If you look at the course of his UFC career, the only time that we've seen him go to decision was when he fought Angelus on the Contender Series, finishes Pete Rodriguez in the first round, finishes Ramazan Amiv in the first round, finishes Danny Roberts in the first round, finishes Randy Brown in the first round. I think the most likely scenario in this fight 
is that he's probably able to get Hafez out of there in the first round as well. So Hafez actually, I don't think he's terrible. I think that he has the wrestling ability, which could give Jack Dallamedalena some issues in certain fights. Like I was going to be on Sean Brady in the initial matchup against Jack Dallamedalena last week, but Sean Brady ends up pulling out because of an infection in his elbow. And uh, we know that he's had issues with those sorts of bacterial infections in the past. We had to pull out of that fight. So I do think there's going to be certain matchups that Jack Dalmedalena could struggle in. And Hafez does kind of have that archetype. But I, I think with him taking this fight on short notice, and then also the fact that some of those other concerns I have, I'm pretty confidently on the Jack Dalmedalena side. The price tag could be a little bit of an issue for DraftKings purposes, but there are a number of live underdogs this week. And for Rainmakers purposes, super easy to get Jack Dalmedalena into lineups as a recommendation. We don't have to worry about any kind of pricing. Now, I said I was going to talk about the Evan Elder against Tenero Valdez fight. And I don't think Elder is a particularly great prospect. Neither is Valdez. But Valdez is very questionable durability. If you go ahead and look at him right here, here is what we've seen out of Valdez so far. He fights against Matt Favola, gets knocked down four times in the first round, ultimately ends up getting finished. Natan Levy was able to take Valdez down six times, also hurt him on the feet a couple of times in that matchup before he ended up winning that fight. So I think this is a step down in competition for Valdez. I don't think Elder is as good as Natan Levy. I don't think he's as good as Matt Favola. But there is so much concerns about the takedown defense and the durability of Hanero Valdez that I think the most likely outcome here is that Elder's probably able to beat him and put up a pretty big DraftKings score in the process, whether it comes by a finish and knockdowns or takedowns. I think all of those are realistic paths to victory for Evan Elder and the most realistic outcome to this fight. But Valdez, because I don't think Elder is a particularly great fighter and is somebody who we've also seen get hurt at times, Evan Elder, he was knocked, uh, he was, uh, sorry, knocked, he knocked down Nazim Sadikov, who is also fighting on this card. But then the fight against Preston Parsons, we saw Elder taken down four times in that fight. And at times, Evan Elder has gotten hurt on the feet. So Valdez does have some power. He is dangerous. I'm picking Elder to win. I'm also going to be higher on him for DraftKings and Rainmakers purposes. But Valdez is somebody who I think is at at least worth considering for leverage in some DFS lineups. Now, in terms of fights to target, there's a couple of them that I think are really, really strong fights we should be looking at. One of them I mentioned before, Nazim Sadikov against Terrence McKinney. Here's how McKinney typically fights. It didn't really end up being the case in his last fight where we saw him lose against Ishmael Bonfim. And it was a fight that wasn't the same output we typically see from Terrence McKinney. McKinney usually comes out of the gates like a bat out of hell, puts on a ton of pressure, a lot of output. He's throwing strikes at a high, at, at a high rate. He also has a wrestling background. He's capable of landing takedowns. But in the fight against Bonefim, he tried to be a little bit more reserved, which I think has been because he's gassed out in a lot of his fights that have gone past the first round. And even though he was more reserved, he still ended up gassing out in the second round of that fight and ended up getting finished. So I think we're going to go back to seeing the really aggressive version of Terrence McKinney, the do-or-die version of him, which makes this fight one that I really want to target. I'm going to lean towards the Sadikov side, but I think this is a fight that we really want to be playing both sides of. And if you look at some of these other fights from Terrence McKinney, Finished in the second round by Sean Woodson on the Contender Series. First round win over Matt Fervola. First round win over Faraz Zayim. Losing the first round to Jude Dober, but nearly got Dober out of there. Finishes Eric Gonzalez in the first round. So all of the times that we've seen him within the octagon, his fights have finished within the first or second round. And then as for Sadikov, 
I just think anybody who fights against Herrick's McKinney is going to be a live target for DFS purposes because of the way he fights. But still, we did see Evan Elder against Nazim Sadikov. Sadikov was able to finish Elder in the third round of that fight. And then on the contender series, we referred Ahmed Hazanzada. It was another fight where we saw a third round finish for Sadikov. So he has finishing ability and he's fighting against somebody who's very able to be finished because of the fight style of Terrence McKinney. So great fight to target, one to play both sides of. And I feel the exact same way about Otman Izatar against Francisco Prado. So Prado went to decision for the first time ever in his career in his last fight against Jamie Malarkey prior to that, which was his UFC debut. We saw 11 fights for Prado. He was 11-0 in all 11 of those fights came by finish, and only one of those finishes was in the first round. So almost all of them were in the first round, a couple in the second round, one third round finish. As such, if you look at the current betting odds for Prado against Azatar, this is currently minus 170 to finish under one and a half rounds. So whoever ends up winning, I do expect to score extremely well. One thing that's interesting about this fight from a Rainmaker's perspective, the cards of Azatar at the time that I'm recording are about one and a half times more expensive than Prado which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me when you consider that Prado is actually a slight favorite in this fight. So I like Prado a lot, particularly for Rainmaker's purposes. For DraftKings purposes, also play both sides of this, but I'm going to lean towards the Prado side, who I do think is a little bit more dangerous. And I'm not going to read too much into the fight against Jamie Malarkey, because this is a pretty significant step down in competition for him against Otman Azatar. And Azatar is also coming off of a fairly brutal knockout loss. He took a lot of time off, nearly a year since he fought Matt Fervola, but... Still, we saw Azatar had some really weird situation when he was over in Fight Island. He had his brother was carrying a suitcase, which ended up having performance-enhancing drugs in it. Azatar ended up getting uh, briefly suspended based on that, comes back, gets knocked out. So who knows where Azatar is in his career, but this is a fight that uh, should finish inside the distance. I'm going to pick Francisco Prado to win, uh, most likely by second-round knockout, but both of them are live. I lean towards Prado, though. Now, if we look at another fighter that I think we should be targeting, it is Alexander Munoz against Carl Deaton. Munoz, another fighter we've not seen fight in quite a long time, which one thing that does make this card a little bit difficult from a picks perspective is that we have fighters, some of them who are super old, like Tyson Nam, like Mar, like uh, Holly Holm taking on Mario Bueno Silva. And then we have fighters coming off massive layoffs, like Alexander Munoz, who has not fought since April 17th of 2021. Main event was Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gastelum in that fight. Had a really competitive fight against Luis Pena. It was a good showing that Alexander Munoz put up. But what was most importantly about him is that his ability to land takedowns, four against Nick Newell, four against Luis Pena, and now he's fighting somebody in Carl Deaton, who in his UFC debut fought Joe Selecki. Joe Selecki landed two takedowns, got a second-round finish, and in two rounds, had eight minutes and 51 seconds of control time. So basically the entire time this fight took place, Joe Selecki held top position on Carl Deaton. I think that there's a very live possibility that Munoz is able to do something similar. And he's only $8,300 on DraftKings as a minus 170 favorite. So I really like Munoz as a core play in the mid-range. I'm going to be getting a lot of exposure to him. He's also live for Rainmaker's purposes. But relative to price, he's one of the best values of the week over on DraftKings. As far as underdogs... There's a couple of them that I like to target. In general, I don't really look much at Norma Dumont fights because they almost always suck and involve a lot of clinching and a lot of low output situations. But Chelsea Chandler fights at a really high pace. And we saw that in her UFC debut against Julia Stoliaranko. She got taken down early, but we did see Chandler ultimately end up getting to her feet. She ended up holding top position. 
And the output was just really high. You see a fight that ended in the first round. Chelsea Chandler ends up landing 38 significant strikes, 47 strikes in total in that fight. She ended up, like I said, she got top control where she ended up finishing Stoli Ranko, held two minutes of control time. So I do think based on output, she's a live underdog against Norma Dumont and somebody who I think is worth getting exposure to. And I very rarely get exposure to Norma Dumont fights. Other underdogs I think we should be looking at. I am also, let's see, where's the fight? Oh, here it is. Estella Nunez against Victoria Dudakova. Dudakova is a pretty big favorite. Not as big as she was earlier in the week. She is currently a minus, well, let's see, Dudakova. Anywhere from like minus 185 to minus 200 at the time I'm recording. But she was north of minus 400 earlier in the week. And this is really just a situation of a low-level WMMA fight. And Estella Nunez is sub-7K on DraftKings. She has early knockout power and early finishing potential. If she doesn't win this fight in the first round or the early second round, chances are that Nunez is probably just going to get ground and pounded out of there. But she looked decent in her fight against Yasmin Haregi, who we saw get finished super quickly by Denise Gomes last week at UFC 290. But Nunez did knock down, did get a knockdown in that fight in the first round. And like I said, we have seen her show power in the early going of some of these fights. So I don't know what to make of Dudakova, who looked decent in the contender series, but was not really all that impressive on the regional scene prior to being on the contender series. I don't know what her striking looks like entirely because how much we saw her go to the wrestling and grappling on the contender series. She ended up landing four takedowns and held 10 and a half minutes of control time. But on the feet, not a lot of output. She only landed 19 significant strikes. I think there is a chance for Nunez to hurt her on the feet. And just considering how cheap Nunez is in a fight against a fighter like Dudakova, we have so little information on. I think that is something worth considering for salary saving purposes. Another fighter I think we should be targeting for salary saving. Then we'll go and talk about some rainmakers. Tucker Lutz against Melsic Bagdasarian. If Bagdasarian wins, it's probably a first-round knockout, so he is a viable payup option, although there are payup options I prefer more on this slate. But Tucker Lutz lands 1.77 takedowns per 15 minutes. We have seen Bogdasarian susceptible to being taken down, and that's even though he hasn't always fought the best wrestlers and grapplers. So Tucker Lutz, if he's able to survive the first round, I expect him to be able to get his ground game going. I think he should be able to land takedowns, hold some top control. So if Tucker Lutz survives that first round, I think he probably puts up a pretty good score on DraftKings and would win the fight if he gets out of the first round. So Tucker Lutz, good underdog that I like to target. Really disappointing outcome, his last fight against Daniel Pinedo, where he ended up getting dropped and finished in the second round. And I do think that has the market a little bit underrating Tucker Lutz. So live underdog for me this week, a little bit too cheap on DraftKings. Now let's go ahead and build a Rainmakers lineup. Going to build an elite one with some of the cards I have. I have some Jack Della Maddalenas that was able to convert into elite cards from last week. And then also the International Fight Week cards that I have them that are cores and rares. Those are going to be good for the rest of this year and all of next year. But anyway, Jack Della Maddalena, massive favorite. I'm going to start my elite lineup with him. And then the other elites I have, I have a Sadikov. I'm going to throw him into the mix because, like I said, Sadikov against Terrence McKinney, whoever wins. I think it's going to be a finish. I think it's going to be a big score. So I have cards of both of them. I'll go with Holly Holm in the main event here. And then let's see. I've got two spots left. Other fighters to consider. I've got Dumont and Chandler. I've got some Durayev cards here. Tucker Lutz, who I like as an underdog. Munoz, who I talked about. Prado against Azatar. Like I said, a fight that I really do think finishes early. Minus 170 yard or one and a half rounds. So I'll put a Prado in here. 
Something else of note I mentioned before, if you guys didn't catch it, though, is that Prado cards are considerably cheaper than Azatar, which makes them a good target on the secondary market. And just for a safe win, I'll throw Maxim in here as well. I do prefer Jack Dell and Madalena as a payup option for classic Rainmaker, Rainmaker, uh, for classic DraftKings contest. But for Rainmaker's purposes, it's easy enough to play both Jack Dell and Madalena and Azat Maxim. So going to lock both of them in, submit the lineup, and that does it for me. Guys, thank you very much for watching. If you want access to me uh, more, want more bets from me, have more questions from me, you can check out the Stochastic Discord, or we also have our Chalkboard channel. We post some bets in there. Myself, Lofi, Josh Engelman for all sports, and it's totally free to download. So go check that out. And if you haven't done it already, like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you guys very much for watching. Good luck, and I'll see you back here next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.